Well, it is a joy to be amongst you here uh, for this day. Uh, I bring greetings from our church as well and uh, assurance of our prayers for you. It is um, an, an honor to be amongst you. And <clears throat> this morning I want us to uh, flip through um, various psalms. Here we have read Psalm 144, then we will move to uh, Psalm 128, Psalm 127, and then, uh, if we have time, uh, Psalm 112 also. The subject is the godly home. And I must say that as I'm bringing you to this message, I'm, I'm preaching to myself. and I feel my own needs, my own failings. Uh, and I want to speak to encourage you, but also to challenge you also uh, from the Word of God, uh, what are the requirements and what does the Lord uh, say to us in the Holy Scriptures? So I want you to have your Bibles open at Psalm 144. And as we come to think about a godly home, let me just say before I begin, is that the godly home cannot be godly without born-again parents, without father and mother who have, have not come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And I, I trust you understand that. That's the basis of everything in, in the Christian home, that both mother and father are to be saved by the grace of God, to know Jesus Christ. That, that undergirds everything that we are talking about here today. But think about this. And I want us to think about the scriptural Pictures or illustrations of a godly home. That's what I want to leave with you. Pictures of uh, or illustrations of a godly home. I want to set before you a vision of what the Lord has revealed to us in the scriptures. And as we come to Psalm 144, I, I hope that you understand here uh, that number one, the context of this psalm is war. The context is war. It begins, Blessed be the Lord my strength, which teacheth my hands to war and my finger to fight. That's the context. And the object of this psalm is a peaceful society. As you work through this, uh, this psalm, you will see that at the end it begins the desires. Why? What's the purpose of this? It's a peaceful society. So we, we need to understand that um, as we come to, uh, to think through this psalm. It's very evident to see that as we read the first couple of verses that David is <clears throat> praising the Lord, praising uh, God, because he was the one who taught his hand to, to fight. And of course, we, we are looking at the Old Testament context there of, of war. And it was truly God's work. It was truly God's hand, God's power that was upon David. And all the men of Israel, uh, when they went to battle, God had to be with them. And that's what you and I need, dear friends. When we think about a godly home, the Lord has to be with us. Our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, <clears throat> He needs to be with us. But God has strengthened them, their hands. God delivered their enemies into their hands. God gave them the strength and power and the ability to 
go forth to fight the battles for the Lord. God did it and, and David was giving praise unto God in this, in this psalm. So it's easy to see that the context is war and uh, we can see from verse 12. You look that up. It says that our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth. That our daughters may be as cornerstones polished after the similitude of a palace. Then verse 15. Happy is that people that is in such a case. Yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. That's the object. The object is, is one of peace, dear friend. Peaceful society. In verse 11, David repeats this phrase that he said already once in the chapter. He, he said it, says it again. He says, Rid me and deliver me from the hand of, the, of strange children, whose mouth speaketh vanity, and their right hand is a right hand of falsehood, he says. Now David is speaking, is speaking about uh, his enemies there. And you all know, I, I trust, you all know that David was a man of war. In all the days of David, there was war in Israel, we could say. There was fighting in Israel. That means that the men of Israel had to rise up to go out many times to go forth to the battle. That means the men of Israel had to, had to do that. Go to the battlefield. And then when they went to the battlefield in Israel, when they went to battle, they went for how long? For months. For months. They were out on the field. They were doing battle. They traveled long distances. They lived out in the fields. And they were away from their homes, from their families. They were away from uh, their cities and their farms and whatever their work was. They left all of that work and they went for the battle. They had to trust the Lord that the Lord would provide for their families. Now, knowing that as a background, we can see of David's desire and his object here in his uh, praise to God and prayer to God was a peaceful society, a peaceful home. David is crying out for deliverance from war. He's crying out, Lord, deliver us from this. We don't want to go into battle. We don't want to be fighting. Why is that? Well, there are seven, thing, seven things in this psalm that David is crying deliverance from war for. And you can find all of, all of these by the words that. Notice the word that. It's twice in verse 12. Twice in verse uh, 13, three times in verse 14, that, rid me out of the hands of those who speak vanity, that, so that this will happen, so that that will happen. Now let's look at, look at those seven things very quickly. David is crying out for deliverance uh, from, from war, number one, so that our sons may be as plants, he says. Growing up in their youth. Lord, he says, he's crying out to God. And it should be the cries of every parent. Lord, deliver us from our enemies so that our sons can be nurtured as plants growing up in their youth. Number two, 
He's saying, Lord, deliver us from war so that our daughters may be as cornerstones, polished after the similitude of a palace. He says, number three, Lord, rid us out of the hands of our enemies, that our garners may be full, affording all manner of store. Number four, he says, that our sheep may bring forth thousands and tens of thousands. Oh Lord, deliver us out of the hand of our enemies, he's saying. Number five, he says, that our oxen may be strong to labor. Number six, that there be no breaking in or going out. Oh Lord, deliver us from the hands of our enemies so that these things would happen. Number seven, that there be no complaining in the streets. And then verse 15, it says, happy is that people that is in such a case. Happy is that people that is in such a case. Yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Now why is this? And how is this that David can pray, Lord, deliver us from the hands of our enemies so that all of these things will take place? Maybe it's already dawned on your mind, dear friends. If it hasn't, let me uh, tell you why. When there is wartime in Israel, the men leave their homes. They leave their children, they, they, they leave their wives, they leave their farm, they leave the things that they were doing, their business. They leave their cities, they, they go out to war. And what happens to the wives? What happens to the children? What happens to the farms? What happens to the oxen, the cattle, everything else? When they are, these men are out to war, well, what happens to yours when you are gone too long? They, they suffer, there are, there, there are needs that needs to be met. So here is David, king of Israel, a godly David, with a vision. He's thinking and he has a vision of what God has put in his heart by this book. And he knows what Israel is supposed to be. And he knows what the children are supposed to be like. He knows what kind of a blessing God wants to put on the nation of Israel, on his people. But there is Israel going out to the battle again, after the battle. What happens to the children while the fathers are away? What happens to your children when you are away too much? So David cries out, O oh Lord, O oh Lord, rid me, rid me, deliver me from the hands of estranged children whose mouth speaketh vanity. And the right hand is the right hand of falsehood. Lord, deliver Israel from war so that the men of war could go back home to guide their families, to take care of their farm, so their garners will be full again, so that the sheep may bring forth thousands, so that there will be oxen working out in the field, so that there will be happiness out in the streets. So there will be no more complaining in our streets. Lord, end the wars in Israel. So that all the men of God, the men of war, can come back home and take their place in their homes. That's the war cry of, of David. He's crying out, Lord, we want peace. So that our men would be home again. I hope you see that. Now, 
the Lord didn't answer his prayer in his own life. Dear friends, you, you might be sitting there and some of you, your children have grown up, they have left home, some of you, your grandchildren, and you, you wonder about them. What's going to happen to them? Right now, as you see it, it's all so sad, so difficult. You think that the enemy has come in, things have happened, things complicated things. You, you can't explain it. You don't know why these things have happened. Can we not pray these prayers again? Lord, bring, bring peace into our homes. Bring peace into our families. Bring the peace that only Jesus Christ gives. So that there would be fruit, not just in our generation, but in generations to come. It's really crying out for revival. Lord, revive our homes again. Will the Lord not hear us? And it may not happen in your lifetime. Maybe you will die. And the Lord will answer those prayers after you've gone. Maybe it, it will be your children who right now, they're far from God. But the Lord does answer prayer. Because he has given us his promises, hasn't he? He said that he will bless his people. Generation after generation. We trust in him. We pray accordingly. Believe the matters with him because salvation is of the Lord. His workings are beyond our understanding. But we must seek him, dear friends. We must cry out to God as, as the psalmist is praying, Lord, bring these men back. Bring them back so that they might look after their families again. That they, they might be a blessing to their families. They might raise up their families for thee. So that there might be happiness again. No complaining in our streets. And the Lord did not answer that prayer until David had died. It was under Solomon that that prayer was actually answered. Under Solomon there was very little war. You think about that. David passes away and Solomon comes by the grace of God and there is, there is peace in general. 30 years, no war. 20, 30 years, fathers were there every day, guiding their children, teaching them, training them, watching over the sheep, over the farm, in the streets, taking care of things. All the, uh, the leaders of all the homes, all the leaders in the nation of Israel are home. That's an amazing thing. What happened to Israel in Solomon's day? Israel became the most powerful nation on the face of the earth in, under Solomon's reign. Did you ever think about that? And it wasn't because Israel was a mighty nation of war, not in Solomon's reign, no. In David's reign, the enemies, the nations of the world did tremble that lived around Israel. Yet, yet, and yet under Solomon there was peace. Israel became a testimony to the whole world of a nation that is so different 
than all the other nations. These people were happy people. The nations would look and say they are healthier than we are, they are wealthier than we are, they are wiser than we are. God is with them. God is amongst them. The power of God is with them. They are happier people. They are truly blessed. There is something special about this nation. Shouldn't this be the testimony of our families, dear friends? Shouldn't this be the testimony of our churches? These are the happiest people. God is amongst them. God is in their hearts. God is in their homes. God is in their churches. God has visited them. That's what we should be praying for, dear friends. So when we talk about our home, we're talking about everything. Everything should be affected. No more war, but peace. Christ is reigning. The Prince of Peace is there. No more using of the sword to fight against enemies. All this energy spent on the fight should be spent in the raising up of the home, in the building up of the church, in seeking to reach the lost. How is that possible? It's of the Lord's doing. The Lord must enter in. You see, this prayer was answered later on. David didn't see it in his own day, but he saw it. It was going to happen. God was going to answer that prayer. So wait on the Lord. Be patient on the Lord. Your labors are not in vain in the Lord. And do you know, there are some families maybe here, you, you, you feel you have, um, because the, the, the result, maybe some of the children, they are no longer going to church. Maybe they are not doing the things that they, you had wished for them that they would do. You sought your, to do your best by the grace of God, but it, things haven't worked out. Well, the thing is this. If you have sought to bring, up, bring them up in the, for the glory and the honor of the Lord Jesus Christ, you give them a Christian upbringing, you have succeeded by the grace of God. The results are with the Lord, but in terms of fulfilling your responsibilities, and you look back and you see all of your failings, all of your, 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 your um, own weaknesses. But if you have sought by the grace of God to to raise them up in the, in the fear and admonition of the Lord, then you have done what was charged to you. Now we must give to water all of that over the years to come. And maybe you grandparents, over the years to come, still continuing to pray, still continue to water the ground with your prayers that God in His mercy would visit and bless. We talk about revival and praise God for revival. Praise God, the, the God, that God brings revival. But listen, if, if all we see when we think about revival is the revival of preaching and conversions of many, we've only seen half of it. We need our, our homes to be revived. We need our hearts to be revived. That's what I need. So, so this, is a, this is a message for me. So David has this prayer. And he's, uh, 
and he had his prayer answered in the days of Solomon when the men of God came home and then there there's mention made of polished stones and nurtured plants here he talks about it in verse 12 that our sons may be as plants grown up in your in their youth that our daughters may be as cornerstones polished after the similitude of a palace So think about these pictures. These pictures that the Lord is giving of a godly home. Nurtured plants. Polished stones for God. These are interesting things. Don't forget. While we are looking at this, you'll find uh, them all in, in the Old Testament. Those godly men, those, those men of war that came home for, from the battle. These were the pictures that they lived off of. The word of God. The ones we are uh, going to look at. So look at this. Again, verse 12. That our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth. Just think about that. And then, as you, as you look down, it says, and plants grown up in their youth, it says. Look at that little phrase. Do you know what it's talking about? It's talking about a plant that has been uh, the seeds been planted, the ground has been cultivated, the, the, the shoot came up out of the ground, it's, it's been watched over, it's been watered, the weeds have been pulled out around it, it's been fertilized, it's been, uh, as it were, we could say, fussed over, it's been nurtured, the plant have, have they've grown, grown up, and it's just now bearing fruit. There's nothing more beautiful than a farmer to see the plants bearing fruit. The plants are now strong. The plant is beautiful. The plant is plenty of green on it. Everything that you look at, this, this plant is, is healthy. It's bearing fruit. There's a picture here. That's, that's the desire. That's the that's the vision that parents ought to have. Not just we are just carrying on, just, just, um, just passing the day, just, just making sure that certain things are put in place. No, you have a vision of God. This is what I like to see. This is the, the vision that, that I have, that my children, by the grace of God, would glorify Him in this way. I want to cast you this, this vision. You, you see these things. That the, the, the promises of God would be fulfilled in our homes. That these young souls, these, these plants are grown up in their youth, it says. And it's a picture of Israel that, have, um, <clears throat> that had to live off of. They had to have this vision before him. This is what we are aiming for. We are not just trying to raise children. We are seeking to make these plants, produce these plants, cause them to be fruitful. So the farmer doesn't sow the seed, the farmer doesn't cultivate the ground unless he believes, unless he has this hope, unless he has been given this promise that as he labors, God will bless it. 
And so, and so the parents ought to have that vision as well. I want to cast this vision for you. You think your labors are not in vain in the Lord. The Lord will do something for His own glory as you follow Him. Don't look at the outward things. Look at what the Lord has, has promised us. It says here of polished stones. I'm moving on because of the time it's going. You think about this? That our daughters may be as cornerstones, polished after the similitude of a palace. A, a cornerstone is it's very important stone in a building. It's very important. Uh, it, it's, it's a stone that goes along the edge of the building. There are special things. They're usually hand-carved. They're usually chiseled out special to put some ornamentation maybe on it, on it but there are strong stones polished they're beautiful it takes time it doesn't happen by itself and so the picture is that this is what is being aimed at this is the prayer this is the cryer that that they would have peace so these things might be done for the glory of god for the church of jesus christ these are all illustrations. How, how are our daughters going to be? Like cornerstones, polished after the similitude of a palace. You ever stop thinking about that? There, these, these pictures, these promises, these visions that we are to have before us. This is what I'm aiming for. For the glory of God. That these children will... will Actually glorify Christ in their lives. That's what I like to see. That's what I like to see for my grandchildren. That's what I'm praying for. That's what a farmer would have. This is what I like to see. That's what a builder would have. This is what I like to see. But then we move on, dear friends. The cry of David is, is an earnest cry. Lord, this is what we need in the nation. This is what Israel needs. And you say to the Lord again and again, Lord, this is what our home needs. Uh, there is too much war. There is too much distraction. There is too much going on in, in our lives. And Lord, bring peace into our homes. Work in our homes. Have mercy upon our souls. Have, have mercy upon my husband. May have mercy upon my wife. Have mercy upon my children who are raising up these children. As you pray as grandparents. Let these cries go up to heaven. They are heard. The Lord in his own good time will fulfill these things. But we move on to now Psalm 128. Psalm 128. It begins by saying, Blessed is, the, is everyone that feareth the Lord and that walketh in his way. And then verse 3, it says, Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thy house, thy children like olive plants round about thy table. It gives us another picture of a home, of a family. What is the Lord teaching us? It speaks about the children as, as olive plants. It speaks about the wife as a fruitful 
vine in the house, in a family. It's, it's interesting what the Lord is saying here. They're nurtured plants, they're polished stones, they're olive plants. And all of these have to do with children. Think about this. <clears throat> Again, read it. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. Happy thou shalt, shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. Thy children like olive plants round about thy table. It says, so every man of, in Israel knew what that picture was about. They knew what that picture was about. If, if you went to the land of Israel, you would discover a few things. Uh, you would learn about their custom of the land. You'll find out that they, they put an olive plant in a high position. They considered a man who had olive plants as a wealthy man in Israel. If you had olive trees, you would be in a special position. You'd be considered a man of value. You're considered to be a man of wealth. And, and here again, God in His wisdom breathes out these words to the men of Israel. And He, and he told them, and using the language that they, they understood and things around them that they could understand. Oh, listen, He's saying to them. If you fear me, and you walk after my ways. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine by the side of your house, your home. And your children, what are they going to be like? Like olive plants round about thy table. That's what it's going to be like. Now, we, we need to look at something here. There's not, uh, they are not olive trees yet. They're only olive plants. But olive plants grow into olive trees. And olive trees are, are worth, worth a lot. And so olive, olive trees bring forth olive oil. And olive trees have value to them. And they, they are of great value to, to any house. All the olive plants have this potential to have rich value in God's kingdom. So it speaks about olive plants. But again... Notice how in each of these pictures, it's, it's visionary, we could say. It's visionary. Olive plants that grow into olive trees because of they, they have much value. It's visionary. The, the, the people of God ought to have a vision for the glory of God in our own homes. Our vision is not a worldly vision. Our, our vision is for the glory of Jesus Christ. For the blessing of his church. Because God wants us to have this vision. And from that vision, our lives will be worked out the way that he wants it. So we, we have this vision for the glory of God. These are the things that the Lord has called us to be and to do. And I, I change things in my life. In my personal walk. In the things that are prioritized in my home. So that the Lord would receive all the honor in this way that he has set before me. Think about olive trees then. Olive, olive oil was made to 
face to shine. It, in Israel's day, olive oil was used to make the body healthy. It, 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 olive oil was used to make a special anointing oil that they poured upon the kings and priests and prophets. They used olive oil for healing. They, they would put it on a sore. Uh, they would wrap up the sore with a bandage over it to heal faster. All these olive oil. And you think about it, dear friends. The fruit of olive plants. Our children being as olive plants for the healing of, of the, uh, and for the work and the cause of Jesus Christ in the days to come. When you have gone, when you are dead and buried, would these olive plants be as trees, fruitful trees? So the Lord is saying, Oh, men of Israel, blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his way. Your children shall be like olive plants, round about the table, growing up into olive trees, being fruitful, being a benefit, being of mighty power, being of an influence, being a force in the world for Christ. That's the vision that was set out. Then again, move on to Psalm 127. 1 to 7. Look at verse 1. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman watcheth but in vain. What do you see now? It's a picture now from olive plant to a house, a home. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. So we are looking at the home. We are looking at the children. We are looking at the household. And we see it as a house. The building of a house. And again, notice, notice these things. You've got to have plans to build a house. When someone goes to build a house, they know what they are doing. When somebody goes to build, build a house, they have a blueprint. They have the plans done. This is what it's going to be look like. It is, they have this vision. They have this thing in their mind. The picture in their mind. This is what it's going to be. So everything that they do. Every object that they move. Everything that they chisel away. Or do, they would put on top of one another. It is to fulfill that picture. That vision. That plan. It is not done haphazardly. It is done seriously. With great aim. But it says this, God is saying this, except the Lord build the house. This house, our house, our, our families, the Lord must build them. They labor in vain, that build it. So it, it's a, it, it takes a vision in order to build a house. It takes tools in order to build a house. It takes methods in order to build a house. But it takes God to build our house. Scripture says in Proverbs 14 and verse 1 about a wise woman and a foolish woman. It speaks about a wise woman who buildeth her house, but a foolish woman plucketh it down with her hands. Oh, how many foolish women have plucked their homes down? Uh, we know from scriptures like that it's, it's not talking about putting out up the boards on an outside of the house. The physical house. It's talking about the home. The foolish woman tears it down. Destroys it. 
with her very own hands. Except the Lord build our house. Except the Lord build our families. Our little godly units that God has given to us. Except the Lord be the builder of those families. We labor in vain that build it. But oh listen dear friends. Listen. If the Lord be the builder of the house. Then there is no reason for us to have any kind of fear in our heart. That we are, we are wasting our time. That's not, that, that it's not going to work. There's no reason why we should have any fear in our hearts. If the Lord is in it. If we are doing things for the glory of God. If the Lord builds our house. Then we don't labor in vain. And as I said to you. You are seeking if by the grace of God. You are, you are both converted. And you are seeking depending upon the grace of God. On your knees. Seeking to raise up your children for the glory of God. Not for this world. Not so that they would, be, they would be doing well in this world. But you're raising them up for heaven. That's what you're raising them up for. To live there. Not, in, not merely in this world. To do well academically. To do well in jobs and all of these kinds of things. If you're seeking to raise them up for the glory of Christ. And the blessing for them to be a blessing in His church. Then your labor is, has a purpose. And God has promised to bless it. Now you may not work it out. And our, our understanding of well, how God is going to bless this child and that child. You may not fully understand it. How the Lord will work. It is, it is like his providence. But you leave those things with the Lord. They, they might bring you disappointments. But who can tell what God will do. So be encouraged dear friends. Be encouraged. The Lord must build our house, not you by your efforts, by all that you do. But if you are seeking to do it for the glory of Christ, and you're depending upon Him, and you say, Lord, I will not do this except Thou bless me. I will not go forward except Thou dost go with us. Then would not the Lord bless? I'm, I'm trying to encourage you, dear friends. Because we are living in a very, very dis discouraging world. The family is being undermined. You're facing all kinds of uh, hurt and uh, setbacks day by day with your own sin. With the sin of your spouse. With the sin of your children. And children. You see the, uh, the, the sins of your parents. You see their failings as well. What should you do as, as children? If you are a Christian child, what should you do? Pray that the Lord would build your house. Pray that God would help and bless your family as well. That you would stop quarreling. That you would stop seeking your own thing. But you would, you would all seek to move in the same direction by the grace of God. The Lord can do such a thing. The Lord can answer your prayers. So have this, uh, take the promises of God. And, and store them up in your heart. And keep reminding yourself, this is what God has said. I'm not going to listen to my heart. I'm not going to listen to my own feelings. I don't want to labor in vain. But I want the Lord to do a work. So if the Lord builds a house, we don't labor in vain that build it. But shall we say then that, that that's more of the problem? Shall we say that there are things in our lives that 
it's actually, it's, it's been of our own doing. We've been trying to do this in our own strength and in our own wisdom. We are doing it for other people. What other people would think, you know, I think with, with, with my family, what would the church think? Or what would so-and-so think? And looking beyond our shoulder, dear friends, we ought to uh, break our hearts before God and we need to uh, humble ourselves before the Lord. He is the only one that we must look to. And, and to, to have His smile is better than the smile of all other people put together. Let us not build our house in our own strength. Not, let us not build our house for other, other people. I think, I think as ministers we, we fail in that. I fail in that. Um, and so I need to be reminded of this as well. Have I been building my house with my own strength, with my own wisdom, without a vision, thinking that it will all pan out all right, if I could use that expression. Then we go down further, dear friends, look at, <clears throat> the, uh, look at Psalm 127, further down, verse 3, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. These are the promises of God. We need to pray over them again and again. As arrows, these children are in the hand of a mighty man. Again, we go back to the Old Testament picture illustration of, of a war, of a, of a man of war, the men of Israel. When those uh, verses, uh, verses were brought home to their heart again and again, they understood what he's talking about as arrows in the hand of a mighty man. And so, dear friends, in those days, they didn't have factories where arrows got made. They didn't go to a shop and say, oh, I want to have a thousand arrows. No, these men of war, they, they made their own arrows. If you were a man of war and you happened to be skilled in the area of bow and arrow, you made your own. And so when there was a time of war, you prepared for war. You think about it. When, when they shot an arrow, they were aiming for a target. They, were, they, they wanted to... Meet a target, hit a target, hit a mark. That was the aim. That was, they had a purpose, they had a plan. I hope you, you see that this runs through all of these illustrations. So the mighty man of valor, the mighty man of war, he, he, he would begin to prepare these arrows. He would be chiseling at them. He would be, with his knife, he would be straightening them. Make sure it is a straightened. He, he would look, at, look them up, he would pick them up and say, is it straight? Is it sharp? Are the feathers um, at the end, are they placed just right? And so keep working at it. Aiming. This is, I, I want to win this battle for Christ, for His kingdom, for His glory. I'm set my heart against the enemies of Christ. And against the enemies of his church. And, and these, these arrows are to be used. 
for, for these battles to come. And so this, this man of war knew it well. He, he has to work on these, on these arrows. He had to make them nice and straight. He has a vision. He wants to hit the mark. He wants to hit the target. So here we are, dear friends. So much else to be said. How are you sharpening your arrows? How are you setting them and training them and have this vision? I, that's what I wanted to just really leave before you. To have this vision for your homes, vision for your families, be it grandchildren, your own children who've left, your own children who are there right now, you have the time, opportunities with them. And, and the Lord speaks to us and He says, you have not because you ask not. Are we asking the Lord, really, honestly, pleading with God day in, day out, through the day? Lord, build our house. I don't want to build my house. I wreck it. I don't want to build my house. Lord, I've seen the fruit of my hands. But Lord, build our home. Bring peace to our home. Bring peace to our church. Bring peace to our land. May the Lord Jesus Christ come in and enter in and work His purposes out. I have run out of time, but I had a whole there three or four sermons in one. I hope uh, uh, you, you store these things up and meditate upon them. But I want to talk to you a little bit about one of the ways of preparation is, is daily family worship. Daily coming before God, pleading with the Lord, with your children, and encouraging them to pray and call out to God. And to read the scriptures and to, to sing the praises of God and to study the word of God, catechizing them. All of these things are part of the uh, training, but praying earnestly, Lord, bless these things. To, as, as we are polishing these stones, as we are planting the seed, as we are watering it, Lord, make it to increase, make it to grow. We can't do it, but Lord, Thou canst. Dear friends, will you have a vision for God? for His glory, for the church of Jesus Christ, and for, <clears throat> for His honor. Well, may the Lord bless these few thoughts. I know it's been a bit of a mishmash of everything and anything, but I, I, I hope you, you see what are these illustrations, what are these markers, what are these things that we are seeking to do. There's a purpose behind these things. Be encouraged, dear friends. God is still a God who is upon His throne and He has promised these things for your encouragement so that you would take these things as prayer to God and say, Lord, Thou hast said these things. Wilt Thou fulfill them for Thine own glory. Amen.